0: Welcome to List Off. I'm Ozzy. And I'm Nat. And this week, Ozzy and I will be tackling our top five fictional vehicles.
1: With a stipulation, right?
0: Oh yeah, we did have a stipulation where we, at an early point, we had to uh, discount any uh, spaceships or vehicles from the Star Wars movies for yeah. fear that they might take over. But what it does mean is it also gives us a little in that we could probably do that again at some point
1: i could do, do that today i could do that today we go straight into it back to back to back <laughs> i could do that while in my sleep but it's not
0: fair really because they got too many um, We've got too many little good ones
1: little smart ones little good so ones gone. big ones um th- this was suggested by Herc, who was mm-hmm. on our show a few weeks ago yeah. um the, probably a few. Sorry for the downtime, and we hadn't had a show. But um, I had to put this ring on my finger, which took up some of the time. Um, mm. and uh but you know it's, it's done now, so I, don't know, I just leave it there now for forever. Probably yeah. yeah, probably longer than my life. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, it's a bit grim. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's gonna kick? Uh, up, who's gonna kick us off with the? Or, 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 like, what did you think of making the list first of all?
0: I thought it was, um, I thought it was a strong idea. Like when it came up, I went, that is a good one, actually. Fictional vehicles. I yeah. felt solid and it felt like I could probably have usually when I have two straight away, um, that's a good sign, but I would say in general, I'm not a big vehicles person. I'm not like a car, car head, car nut. No. Or neither, I'm not yeah. into like bikes or cars or vehicles of any sort. I don't drive. I don't really. When people talk about cars, I have to kind of go, what's that look like? Like, I, I have a similar attitude when people talk about makes of cars as mm. I do when talk, people talk about breeds of dog. I have <laughs> to kind of have a real, like, which one's that? What's that one look like? That's okay. sw- that's that's right. small,
1: that's a small, yappy one.
0: yeah. yeah is that, that one of them? Of a, got it. Got fiat, it. Got it. Right. Got it. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah i'm not in i'm not a big fan of real life vehicles but i am a fan of fictional vehicles
0: that's what i think i found out that actually i like vehicles in a fictional realm but not so much in real life i can take a leave cars and things and things driving fast not bothered about them yeah but if i see them in a fictional setting i kind of like them and again it's more about aesthetic as much as anything else that i just like
1: just looks good
0: for sure and i would always find that when like you know on those kind of top gear car shows when they'd be talking about like modern cars as Mm. well i just go but it looks ugly it's ugly. Mm. why Mm -hmm. do you want that and when you see like cars from the 50s even though you like people shouldn't drive them now because they will kill you if you crash Mm. and uh um they use all the petrol they use all the petrol
1: yeah
0: i'm always like when i see them, always go looks good though yeah looks good. looks like a nice thing. It's like a weird, nice object, and I always also like those like fifties racer cars where they're all engine and they kind of look like robots or something. I quite yeah. like that kind of stuff. you know fifties sixties era cars I can look at and go, it looks nice it looks
1: see, like a nice thing. a thing that's happened like in my lifetime as a not car person, right in the eighties and early nineties, seventies cars looked like the worst, ugliest thing in the world, yes, and yeah, yeah now. Yeah. 70s cars look pretty cool to me. So yeah, like, they do. that's they like, do. that's literally changed in my life. Like the, the it was, they were the naffest thing. Like 60s cars look good, but 70s cars yeah. look terrible. And now when I see a 70s car and you don't see that many around, but you still, as soon as they've stopped being around as old cars and they become kind of vintage cars, it's like, now that one does look quite good though. You know, like mm. a Ford Cortina or something. Yeah, that, that looks good. That does look good.
0: But like even modern expensive cars, mm don't look good even though car people will say that they do and they love it they love it they love yeah. what they look like i just look at them and go an ugly like boxy thing and also virtually any like any kind of four by four range rover thing i it looks ugly yeah they're terrible ugly things terrible things they
1: wouldn't get on my list of
0: fictional vehicles uh,
1: if they were fictional no
0: no yeah real life stuff not so much fictional i'm all about it
1: it's a wide category i don't feel like i've made a good list i feel like I'm gonna. You're gonna have ones. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, obviously that's better than mine. And also, like, there's loads of stuff I like that I haven't thought of. But you know, I'm getting back. In, I'm getting my list off game back. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gearing back up. I'm going to be- yeah, I,
0: th- I definitely think there's every chance people are gonna suggest ones afterwards where I go, yeah, of course, of course. I feel like I, some of them I like, but I almost feel like there must be more of these that I really like mm. that I haven't thought of yet. And I'm sure there's also some more like technical loophole ones that I'd be like, sure, that's a vehicle that I haven't thought of, you know, someone could suggest something. I go, yeah, I guess that's a vehicle. That's a vehicle. Sure. Yeah. And that, that I wouldn't have thought of because they, they don't quite fit the, uh, perhaps I have a narrow viewpoint of what I've considered a vehicle in this respect. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I talked to the people currently in my house today about mm-hmm. about, oh, I've just been plunged into relative darkness that's fine um i'll start that bit again yeah i talked to the people who were in my house this evening um some family and they were coming out of things i was like is that a vehicle that's more like a thing that you put onto your body like i don't think that's a vehicle you <laughs> know what i mean smaller the smaller the vehicle the more it's like, a a vehicle that kind of like it gets sort of, yeah the more personal transport they get it's like i don't know it's i don't know but I haven't yeah, I looked up know. the dictionary of a vehicle to see if it includes roller skates. Neither, neither
0: have I. How do you feel about when Americans say vehicle and they feel Vehicle. Pronounce the H- I H-
1: quite like it because it it's quite a hick thing to do and it has yeah. hick in it, emphasized.
0: I think it's cute. I think it's a cute thing. A vehicle. I think they wouldn't find that I think they wouldn't find it cute. I find it quite like I can see it's quite charming. Vehicle.
1: And they have things like a vehicular homicide.
0: Yes, they do. We have that here too, but we call it What would we call it? The The... road road
1: traffic accident. I don't know. Road traffic
0: accident, yeah. What
1: do we call it? We call it, oh man, this is a bad segment. Let's edit it out. Um... Uh,
0: My number five is the creepy coupe from the Wacky Races. Uh, Big, you know, the Wacky Races cars... Could most mostly have featured in this top five, really. But right, they're, all, they're all good, it, right? They're all good, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all pretty good, and they're all the kind of cars that I'd enjoy seeing if they were real cars, yeah. Uh, outside of the fictional realm. The creepy coupe was driven by the gruesome twosome, and there was little gruesome, who was a little one who was kind of voiced like a sort of sounder like Peter Laurie. I should have looked it up to see which of the voice artists did them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Little Gruesome was like Peter Laurie sound alike, whether he was a actually Don Messick voiced or a Mel Blanc or someone I don't know. And there was Big Gruesome who was kind of voiced after uh, Boris Karloff. So you've got two kind of horror-looking people driving a house, kind of car, that looks like a kind of old haunted house. That The best thing was the top of it, the big kind of arch of the house on top of the car they were driving, uh, has a dragon in it. Uh, and wings coming out the side so it can also fly. And I'd love to see it in real life. It's a good car. It's a good car. It's a sort of like a horror, a horror cartoon horror car, which I like about it. In a sort of um and also I like that that world of horror in the sixties is still quite narrow. Mm. So everything in horror is like, what is it? It's like, are oh, they like vampire guys, I've got a dragon in a haunted house
1: right, on a yeah. car. Yeah, it's not like a, <laughs> a Japanese person with a TV or some people with a camcorder or yeah, yeah. some people sewn together by their anuses. Yeah. It's like just haunted house, dragon, yeah. zombie,
0: Frankenstein. But best of all, because a haunted house is on top of a hearse. So it's like a hearse, haunted house, dragon, driven by two kind of horror uh, stalwart horror actors essentially and you go yeah great
1: it makes you think that this list is going to be a bit like the our ideal parade like there'd be like a parade yes. of these vehicles and that would be you'd want to come past and you'd, you'd be really excited and you'd, you'd lift the kids up to have a look and you'd clap them as they came past and then the next one would probably be just like some sports car and you're ah, not bothered
0: yeah that mm-hmm. reminds me because this last weekend was the lord mayor's show yeah, and we used to go to the Lord Mayor show every uh, year in London, and to watch some weird uh, parade and flotillas featuring things like, ah, oh, there's like a guy dressed up like a plug, who's from like uh, British Electric or something. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like this weird sort of quite corporate flotillas of uh, sort of fun, uh, fun mascots for like British Gas or something. Yeah, a weird old thing that was. I mean, in some ways, I'd be quite interested to go to the Lord Mayor show. Now, to see what we, it is. Yeah, see what, what kind of uh, floats they have.
1: Uh, I'm going to guess exactly the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. You think they still throw
1: sweets, throw sweets at the kids? That's the best thing, right? When yeah. they like, have sweets to throw at you. Probably not. Now. You,
0: you see those ones, don't you, in, in America that are kind of organized by the big department stores hmm. and you're with like huge kind of uh, blimps and things yeah. of cartoon characters. And when we do it, it's like, yeah, we can do that. And it's like the only sponsors we can get are like massive corporations yeah. who would do like a little kind of weird float. Um, but the best thing about the Lord May show is they used to have a little fun fair by uh, St. Paul's in the evening. I don't know if they still do that. Uh, I they oh, they yeah, don't know if they would now. Yeah, I don't know, if,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know if they would. Maybe you could put it around that pedestrianised street bit
0: anyway yeah possibly
1: Shall i do my number five go for it my number five is the a-team van from the 80s tv show the a-team and um that's just a van right but it's black with a red stripe and it looks cool and it looked really cool to me as a kid and i think it's just the magic of the magic of a sort of action y TV show that's a bit too old for you, the way that can make you want a boring van.
0: You yeah. Know,
1: is like that's quite powerful <laughs> stuff going yeah. on there. Cause I don't want a van at all. Like no. especially you not know, that van's massive, right? <laughs> and um behind me I've got sitting there the A Team soundtrack, right? Yeah. I'll just grab it. Music composed by Mike Post and Pete Carpenter. Exciting music from the hit television series.
0: 18. And the cover has just got uh, George Peppard and Mr T. They've they've not really got the other cast. Oh, they appear in a smaller, they in picture, but
1: they knew who the stars were. And the back just has, VA, just Mr
0: T, VA, and the van
1: doesn't feature on the record, right? But when I got this record in the record shop when I was working in the record shop, it had inside it a number of pieces of paper, mm-hmm. and they oh, are. Nice. Absolute trove. The working up of a business, right? (laughs) This is the basic This is a piece of paper which has written in pencil on it A team executive travel. Yes. Right. And they've got some blurb inside it A team executive travel, telephone slash fax 0181 449 9613. Mobile 0956 838 491. Now that's it, right? So it's an 0181 number, which I think puts it before. 1993 something like that right and yet they have a mobile number i'm impressed for all your private corporate business or leisure hire weddings luxury limousine service including airport transfers all sporting music film and events so that's the initial thing right and then they've worked it up to a leaflet like this a team executive travel wait invitation to be driven in luxury Mm Mm-hmm. this was in the same yeah so this is all in the same Correct
0: me if I'm wrong. The photo isn't a black van with a red stripe. Nope. And the
1: photo, <laughs> and let me just get to this. Let me just get to this. Right. The photo is of a Sherrod van. Specifically, <laughs> it says it SLX by Sherrod, and it's got pictures of the hideous leather <laughs> interior. It's got like um, Venetian blinds in a car. Yeah. In a van, anyway, it's got a picture of like TV sets and you know hi-fi's VHS everything going on there. They're all new SLX by Sherrod with plush fabric, interior, etc. etc. The 18 van is a 1983 GMC Vandura van, General Motors. It is not a Sherrod van. So these people in the UK in the nineties, early 90s, are making a business. With Sherrod vans purporting to be A team vans. I would have
0: said, you know, it wasn't in the. So I'd say that's probably a decade later, almost. You're getting on for a decade after the show's on TV. Heyday of the A team, I'm saying 85, 86. I reckon 18. Heyday. So maybe almost 10 years later, they've got, we're going to do a business where we're going to sell the idea of a van experience we can take it to your event we can take you places it's like a limo service but instead of a limo it's going to be a van it's going to be the 18 van is it the 18 van no it's a van but it's like it's like a van a
1: luxury van people going i don't even know what that is what is a luxury van they' gone ah oh. it's like the 18 van and people go oh okay yeah i remember that it's quite leathery inside yeah it's really leathery it's got walnut <laughs> And um, <laughs> they've even got this 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 later version, which is a postcard, quite slick looking postcard, really showing off the, the pleather. leather
0: interior. The
1: leatherette is on show and it says here, um, plenty of legroom, color 14 inch TV with teletext. Oh, imagine teletext wow. on the go. Video, CD, stereo, cooler, deep pile carpets in a choice of intimate lighting with day slash night blinds. But they've written in with pen there, Sony PlayStation. Sony PlayStation, (laughs) so that further dates it. This is this is a later in the nineties. You know, this could be as late as ninety eight. You know,
0: but that's like they've crossed it out and gone, nah, not now. It's like they was constantly updating his business model. Constantly updating
1: the business model. A team executive travel ninety one Birchington Road, West Hampstead, London. I've checked; it's not still running. Um, But this is my favourite bit that was in there. This is the last piece of history that was in there. An invitation to be driven in luxury with dot dot, 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 dot dot and this is a high quality envelope with a small thing inside it alan <laughs> 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 that's what it says on the card a and b a and b chauffeur driven car and
0: courier services alan because also at this period you know we're thinking maybe mid to late 90s we're thinking a lot of the a-team casts for not a huge amount of money, might be willing to get involved with, like a special feature. You've got an eighteen van. You might be able to go. Oh yeah, we can get uh, Dirk Benedict or uh, to
1: drive you from Heathrow. Yeah, <laughs> to
0: the Docklands Arena for you yeah. to
1: watch uh gladiators tour, something like that. <laughs> right, that's the sort of thing. You expect no, it's just Alan from from West Hampstead, uh, and it's not even a real General Motors eighteen van. And there's no wow. indication that they've painted them black and red.
0: So the 18 bit is very tenuous. Yeah, whether they've even sought out their rights to call themselves the A team van um, hire company. I
1: don't know if you can copyright A team very well because it's, I don't know, maybe. But anyway, they were
0: using the big A of the A team. Yeah, they anything, were. I mean,
1: there. assuming, you know, even without like, this nonsense that was stuck inside a record sleeve, uh I am I am. that van, Like I just need to see the van and I go, oh, yeah, that's good. And which is no other van has that effect on me. You know, maybe like a classic no, VW uh, camper van. I think, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's two vans in the whole history of the world.
0: You're right. And the A-Team van, if it was any other color, wouldn't be impressive. And I think it is the red stripe that adds to it. Yeah, the red stripe because yeah, the did. red
1: stripe goes up over the the spoiler on the top you know so the rear mm. straight goes along the side and up diagonally to the spoiler that's nice
0: and i think given it was in the age of a kind of following stuff like a night rider which is itself a black car with a you know the red light on the front yeah you kind of start thinking oh well maybe it's a magic special van yeah but it wasn't it was just a van but i think as a kid you do imbue the van with some extra properties. It I must would be like say the
1: only thing that van had going on inside, apart from some pleather, was it had like a big stash of costumes for for Hannibal to change into, right? <laughs> it yeah. had quite a lot of guns. Yeah. Um, pff, I'm going to say that's it. Like, I just don't think there was any, there wasn't any cool stuff. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't any trickery. It couldn't do any tricks. No. it wasn't sentient, it no. was just a cool looking van. So um, that's my number five, cool looking van. It's a good one. Ah!
0: My number four is the uh, essentially it's the Mr. Incredible car, which I didn't realize has several names. It is called the incredible. The, Incredimobi- the Incredimobile, the Incredimobile, quite, quite like that, if I could say it, the Incredi car, or the Incredobile.
1: I think the Incredimobile is the best name
0: there. Incredimobile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was because that that makes it as a car again, very much. By the time the Incredibles film came out, I knew by then. That i am the type of person who doesn't like cars right it didn't trick me in a time when i was a youngster Mm -hmm. you know i was an adult when that film came out and yet it was the kind of thing that when i saw the car i was always a bit like ah can you get a little model of the car i love the car again in that it's a film that kind of adopts a very kind of early 60s aesthetic so it is going to use the kind of cars of that era Mm -hmm. as a as a, a kind of jumping off point and it's just that kind of the idea and it just gives that thing of just being slightly too long than it needs to be um yeah i remember there was a toy you could get which had uh where you could you would start with uh mr incredible uh, uh he the, essentially his in his um civilian uh identity
1: mm-hmm.
0: you would press a button and the Mister Incredible would actually swap with the uh, nice. with his civilian garb, which is quite a nice car thing. Nice. So I'd see these these toys about. I never actually got one in the end, but it was always one of those things where it was good enough that I was very tempted to buy a toy car mm-hmm. for the first time in many years. And also, it is the kind of car that you do kind of covet. I think, uh, like it does feel like you know, I'd already established. I don't I'm not into cars. Yeah, but that was one where I really did have that that desire to get hold of one. And again,
1: if you could transition into the cartoon world, you'd be happy to drive that car, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Would you bother to go
1: and take your cartoon driving test?
0: Um, I think in the cartoon world. I think it's kind of a given. I think it's a bit like um, you can ride a bike if you get L plates. I think it's a bit like that. I think there's a, it's sort of a, a bit of a, we sort of assume it'll be all right. We're not going to really have a test or something. It's got those same kind of, uh, it's like uh, if you grew
1: up in the countryside.
0: Yeah. It's like we you grew up in the like, countryside and you can okay. just kind of drive.
1: Yeah.
0: And they just say, Oh, do you know, uh, do you know who owns this field? And if you say, Yeah, it's like, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, in the same way in the country, um, you know, all the pubs have like, uh, Parking out front, and mm. you always go. I mean, surely these people are all drinking in a pub, right? And he's like, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yep. <laughs> there's not. There's different rules. Different, different yeah, rules. They, seem to apply. it's okay because
1: they've all got cartoon driving licences, so they can. Yeah, yeah, they can drive home drunk. Um, <laughs> the car will save them. <laughs> My number four is a generic fictional thing vehicle. I think it's a vehicle. Is a mech yeah. suit, a mech suit, a mecha, you know? Oh like yeah, Gundam, Mazinger Z, that kind of thing, right? You're like exoskeleton for your body that you can hop into and pilot. It might be a bit bigger than your body. It might be like as big as a skyscraper, but it's piloted mm-hmm. by a, a human or an alien, and um, but it's got the form of a kind of humanoid robot mm-hmm. kind of thing, and like I'm not like I'm not like a huge Gundam person or something. I've never built a Gundam kit or, you know, I've never watched Mazinger. I know what it is, you know, and that kind of thing. But I just mm-hmm. think, I think that's a really compelling, when I think about, when I've had a daydream about like flying about, I'm not a kind of Superman, uh, just flying magically from my own, like I can just fly. I'm much more of a kind of Iron Man, you know, repulsors in my hands and feet kind of flyer. That's how I fly.
0: You like in my to know what the propulsion is?
1: Right, I'm more of a tech side flyer than a magic superpowers flyer, right? You can and, see that. And a mech suit, I think, really nice for that because you can just have everything like strapped on. Like, oh what? Oh no, the 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 you know we're just trapped by steel doors. It's like oh, it's okay, I've got this rocket launcher that comes out that can yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Just have loads of crap technical stuff like attached to you. Quite into that. My favorite example of it is a video game. Uh, made by a small company called treasure in japan and the video game came out on the came out on the n64 in japan but we didn't get it here but then they did it on the dreamcast the sega dreamcast my beloved sega dreamcast failed Mm -hmm. theoretically failed video game system that i just had some of the best games and one of them was this game bangai o right and it was an absolutely batshit crazy japanese shooting game where you piloted this This Mecca, at the beginning of the level, I think a little tiny character walked in and went to the cockpit sort of thing, and then it was like you just flew around the screen, blowing up buildings. You blew up everything. You just you could shoot in all directions, and you had to blow up everything that came at you—ships and other robots and tanks and stuff. Just blow them all up. You got to shoot them all. Shoot all the buildings. Destroy everything. And when it looks like you're going to get destroyed, because there's this like hail of bullets raining down on you, you could press a button which launched like. It launched the number of bullets out of you, in a circle equal to the number of things that were coming at you. So you, it like, it benefited you to to like let things really build up. So you're just about to die, and then you let it go, and it was like, and everything would blow up, and it'd be as crazy. The whole screen would just be completely full of incomprehensible, like
0: a sort of big
1: firework, like a million big fireworks, and it was great and crazy. And the cutscenes in between were just like, what? What what the? If you died, like it was like it was cut to a picture of a small like naked, sort of, kind of like a rust troll, like dancing off across the fields or something. It like you've died. It was like what are you, what are you talking about? So it was a it was, it was a mad game, but it was brilliant, and it really had like you really had a sense that this is a massive mecha suit thing, and it's blowing everything up. And it was great. And they've made some sequels, but I don't think they're supposed to be all that. But Love it. Bang Mecha suit. I definitely take that. If someone said to me, Do you wanna pilot my mecha suit? I'd be like, Yeah, go on then. Whereas well, so I wouldn't get in a helicopter. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't get in a helicopter. But I sure, would. safer
0: though, are not it? Safer being in a mecha suit, I think. I guess. I don't know, they're similar, aren't they? The technology t- is so futuristic that you know it must be safer. Well you
1: could land on your feet, your mecha feet, you know? Yeah. Which you couldn't say if you're in a helicopter. No was gonna say, I stop you I'll land on my feet.
0: I'm similar, actually. You've convinced me. I think that's uh, and what I like you know when you have your sort of superheroes now, like your Iron Man, they try and justify how it's all working and it's all like nanotechnology. What I quite like about those those mech costumes is that. Oh, but how does that work? How do you fit those propulsions? And you go, oh, it's massive. Yeah, it's massive. Massive. It's like no, that's, oh, that's right, massive.
1: That, that thing that looks like a small jet engine—that's a normal jet engine. Yeah. And there's eight of them <laughs> on each leg.
0: That's that's that's. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It works it's got a logic to it I like yeah you're right I think there was all that when I was a kid there was a film called robot jocks that I, it was a kind of a, uh uh which, which was that idea of people inside robot costumes kind of slightly ahead of its time but I do I think that uh, like you I, I I'm not that bothered by the kind of um animations of your kind of gun damn wing and all that stuff I don't really care about the mythology which is odd I quite usually like that in things mm-hmm. whereas I do like seeing the little um the little models of them and going, I quite like that kind of little robot model with a little man inside.
1: Yeah, because it's that thing. Uh, you go oh, it's a little robot, and you go, oh, it's not a little robot, it's a massive robot with a little man. Yeah. That somehow makes it cooler.
0: And also when I was a kid, we had the Tomy Toys Zoids. Oh yeah, get, exactly. Uh, you could get a little tiny man that wasn't even posable. It was like a little model thing yeah. that you just sit inside it. Inside their so face, tiny. they had a little yeah. bit
1: that went up and then you put the little man there. Zoids are fantastic, high quality toys.
0: Yeah. Which again, another Japanese import, wasn't it? Tomi. Absolutely. So they're way ahead over there. They're way ahead. We we actually, as a kid, uh, as, I'm not a big computer game person. We had a Sega Dreamcast and it was the first time uh, there were the, it's one of its big selling points was that it had a modem mm-hmm. so you could get onto the internet. It was, mm-hmm. it was a sort of pre it was a pre Google internet as well. Yeah. So, like, you would have, like, now if you're on Netflix and you've got a search for the film going letter by letter, imagine that, but doing HTTP. You couldn't search for things. <laughs> you had to, like, do the kind of full on address one character at a time yeah right? some sort of geo cities so you had to know what you were looking for you could search Let's but have you have specific... had to
1: type in like yahoo or or
0: yeah you yeah know, you'd probably have that'd be like
1: or whatever they were called back then search yeah. engines alta vista to to get to get anywhere you could get a yeah. keyboard for it but no one did because you
0: could have bought a game instead so yeah but it was a very exciting thing that did feel like the future Okay. Like, uh, oh wow! This yeah. one's got a modem. It's great. It's super exciting. Super super fast.
1: Still got mine. Oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't got it out for a while because they don't look so good in modern TVs, unfortunately.
0: My number three is the Yellow Submarine from the Beatles. The Yellow Submarine cartoon. And what what's something that's become such a real design classic mm. uh, that if you say the yellow submarine, you picture that specific yellow submarine. It isn't it isn't uh uh isn't something where it's just like a generic. It's a very specific designed. Uh and 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 it's one of the the, the design of it is by Heinz Edelmann, and it was one of those things I think that, that I, I saw that he's often credited to Peter Max, which I think I've often thought as well that it was Peter Max who did it, the pop artist. But it isn't, it is done by these kind of animators. I think there's so many animators working on those films that a lot of people get credit for certain things that they didn't. I think didn't they I think um Alan Alberg, the children's um illustrator, I think had something to do with it. So really? I think also there's been times when I've been, thought he was involved in it somehow as well. Um But certainly, yeah, from the animated movie, the Yellow Submarine, it's a great sort of design classic now. I think
1: we should have asked Jeremy on Saturday who we were talking to in the pub that worked on it. Oh yeah, (laughs) we should have asked for the definitive answer. Oops, Uh, who did?
0: Who did? But supposedly, I think I think looking at it, it does seem to be a guy called Heinz Edelman is the kind of proper designer on it. But lots of very talented pop artists and various artists worked on the film, so I guess it's there's probably maybe peter max designed other things within it yeah but i think there's lots of people who do get credit for that stuff um but supposedly with a wee bit of research i can see one yeah i can see one in your background I mean. but there is uh um it was heinz edelman is actually the creator of the, the yellow submarine
1: i like something i like about it is when you go when i'm in greece and or any anywhere by the sea where they have like submarines or they're not even submarines. Generally, they're called submarines, but they're just kind of often like glass bottom boats or things for observing in the water. Right. seeing fish and stuff. Right. And they'll all be painted yellow. Like since now it's just like it's a submarine. Yeah. So you have to make it yellow, you know, whereas I reckon I'm not definite, but I reckon prior to the film, Yellow Submarine or the song, Yellow Submarine, to be fair. Yeah. Um, no, but the song doesn't tell you it's yellow.
0: Well, they say we all live in a yellow submarine. So they kind of do. It's certainly implied. Unless it's just called the yellow submarine, but I'm it I'm isn't. I'm going to edit that bit out.
1: <laughs> no There's <laughs> I meant the song doesn't tell you what it looks like, but it does tell you that it's yellow. That's
0: definitely going to edit it out. Um, <laughs> you know- Is that like the thing where Humpty Dumpty, and they go, why, why do you think Humpty Dumpty's an egg? And you go, oh, yeah. Nothing in Humpty Dumpty says he's an egg. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the King's horse and all the King's men couldn't put Humpty together again. This is someone who's fallen off a wall. Yeah. He's an egg, apparently. Why is he an egg? I can't answer
1: that. Exactly. Any words of Bross. Um, do you, did you know that the Spanish football team, Villarreal, are known as the yellow submarine? No, how come? What's the origin? oh, no, they play in all yellow, like an all yellow strip, yellow top, yellow shorts. And, um, that something to do with that. They became known by their fans as the Yellow Submarine, as they sing We hmm. all Live in the Yellow Submarine with Spanish accents at all their games. And yeah, they're just known as the Yellow Submarine.
0: I also fans. like there's, there's a sort of, I guess, almost like a subgenre of uh, uh, fiction, I guess, films and books and stories from around the First World War, where it was obviously a thing. There was a race to be the first that built submersibles. Mm. So there's lots of these subgenres about various spies that are trying to get plans for uh, Germans or Germans trying to get plans for British submersibles. Mm. I always really like that idea, um, which I guess is one of those things, again, that probably comes from like 20,000 Leagues under the sea. So people go,
1: Ah, right, let's try and make that. Yeah. Let's try and do that. Yeah, science fiction influencing real life. Now they I find submarines quite terrifying things. So the the yellow submarine is like a joyful lovely thing. It's quite special, yeah. right? Because it, when I think about submarines I'm like I never want to go on a submarine like only no. especially after what happened to that journalist and like just submarines just the as soon as the door's close, you're like oh no get me off get me off <laughs> get me off you know
0: i think it would be like they, you know you have those moments on the plane maybe if you go to the toilet or something and you stand up and you're walking along the plane hmm. and you have this moment where you go i'm in like midair flying yeah. at 800 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour yeah. this isn't right and i'm walking along a thing yeah uh and you sort of feel a bit safer when i'm kind of uh you know, when I'm just sat in my seat, but when I'm walking along, it's like, nah, this doesn't make any sense. I get it when
1: you're walking you're walking on a train even you when you're walking on a train mm. back back against the direction the train's going. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you get that kind of like ooh, like I think there from. must
0: that that kind of anxiety must be with you twenty four hours a day on a submarine. I guess it's because they're going, I'm under I'm under
1: because they don't actually have windows in general, do they, submarines? It's Impractical. So the yellow submarine does, but your your proper submarines, unless they're like, you know, nature watching ones are a bit like you can't see anything anyway. So yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy, creepy. Was that your number three? My number three. (laughs) My number three is Thunderbird two. The big chubby green space, not spaceship flying truck from Kirby, flying truck from the thunderbirds and i'm not a thunderbirds fan not bothered like it was on when i was a kid but obviously it was already 40 years old or whatever no not that much 20 yeesh um and I would watch it, but I w- I wasn't like oh, I love this. I much preferred Stingray, you know. Like I wasn't that yeah. bothered about Thunderbirds. But any it was Thunderbird two on the screen, I just had that thing of like that's a cool looking ship. And then yeah, yeah. and then the middle comes down and out comes Thunderbird four, which not a very cool ship. It looks like it looks like a Robin reliant yellow. <laughs> but that's fine because it's inside the other thing, you know. And I thought that was cool on Night Rider or something. I would. The night the kit would come out of like a big truck you know like oh yes, a vehicle yeah, inside yeah. a vehicle that's pretty cool you know and the toys yeah. that had a vehicle inside a vehicle were cool so thunderbird 2 i just think with the yellow and green color scheme and the just chubby chubby flying machine really impressive to look at and just made you want the, the toy you know you get the die cast toys of it that were great and mm-hmm. you know my cousins you know thunderbirds was really big a bit after we were kids we had this big Mm. big resurgence with the like blue peter tracy island yeah fad and all that stuff right and then my cousins had the thunderbird 2 with the thunderbird 4 that came out for the inside and i was like that's just a cool toy that's just like Mm. it's a quality toy from a bygone era you know like yeah so i when i was thinking about this i was just like don't care about the show but Thunderbird 2 is amazing, and it had other vehicles that went inside it too: the Mole, the Firefly, and the Mono Brake.
0: and even some other ones. Just cool, you know? Yeah, I'm same. I like it. Nearly made my list, and I I was a bit like, why do I think that? Yeah, why? Yeah. I don't think of myself. I don't think of myself as a Thunderbirds fan or anything. But I was like, it was one of the ones that popped in my head. Like, and I think it is. It's just. It is naturally quite cool. I think um for like a generation older than us as well, that is definitely the one that people were obsessed about. Yeah, and um and they were obsessed about it. Mm. Like I think if you spoke to people uh a bit older than us who were like kids when Thunderbirds were on, mm. they would be well into the show, and especially kind of well into Thunderbird two. Yeah. And it's it's naturally well, you can see naturally why that is. Um, it's definitely the best. Isn't one of the Thunderbirds, like it's like a, isn't it like a a moon base or something? Or there's just like a, yeah, just like a, space just a bloke who sits in a space section yeah. on his own?
1: Yeah. <laughs> is that five? I think it might be five.
0: I think that maybe that is five. That is five. Yeah. Yeah. I was never you know a big Thunderbirds person. I kind of, I found it a bit, um, uh, a bit too long for my yeah. liking. I preferred those Jerry Anderson things when they're like twenty minutes. Mm. So I liked uh, a Captain Scarlet or something like that when I was a kid. I wasn't really Thunderbirds when you sit down and watch one of them and it's on for like an hour or something. You're going, wow, this is long. Long yeah. time to be watching uh, puppets. Um, yeah, and if I think they were on they going down on, slides, they were on ITV for a bit,
1: right? Yeah, um, they yeah. had about thirty ad breaks in them. they would come yeah, back from yeah. the ad break and you'd be going, oh, please be finished. But um. <laughs> I think Thunderbird Two has that vibe as well. Like it's, a, it's, it's. I think that's quite a young person's vehicle in the sense that you could really, you could imagine if it was your vehicle. You imagine, mm. imagine picking up all your friends. Oh, I can't pick you up. I can't <laughs> pick you up in Thunderbird Two, and we we'll just go drive around the sky. I just think it's a really neat kind of mm. hanging out kind of ship to have. You know, yeah. it's got decent size to it, much like an 18 van. If you had the 18 van, you'd just be like. I come and pick you all up, you know. Like I reckon if I had an kids.
0: eighteen van, I would I would start a small business uh, where I take it to events uh, in see. a Hampstead area, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'd do. I'm
1: trying to find it. The, the uh,
0: different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, you know,
1: I wouldn't offer strokes for folks in a leather van. <laughs> <laughs> it's another business.
0: <laughs> kind of Thunderbird 2 no it's a good one that's a good one um i think you've nailed it as well i think there is something quite special about the idea of a vehicle that is inside another vehicle yeah was always super exciting to me as a as a toy especially as a kid it's like i oh know there's something inside the thing which you can also take out and play with yeah and they, like uh, they definitely the realized idea... that the toy
1: makers they were like this guy's got a boat in it you know yeah. mask yeah. or um as in the mobile action strike command not the jim carrey film uh, or like what are those f- toys that had like a billion little plastic men in them like manta ray and oh, those yeah, things i yeah. can't remember what they were called, but they were like quite cheap and nasty but huge with loads of people in and they would also have like little ships that could come out transformers had ones that could come out of other ones
0: it's just a oh, transformers also had sound didn't he mm. where he could have a tape deck yeah. but if the tape was also a transformer It could either be, what was he called? The Panther one or Laserbeak was the, uh, the other one. that's that's that's, that's a great idea. You feel like those kind
1: of ideas are the things like, you know, in the film big with uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Hanks, how like that's how those ideas worked. It was a little boy that was like beamed into the body of a grown man. And then he got a job at a toy company and was like, what you need is vehicles inside (laughs) vehicles. And they've gone, yeah, this guy's got something. And all the time it was (laughs) a kid.
0: Uh, My number two is the 1966 era Batmobile. Again, I kind of don't like uh, the kind of idea of what people talk about. Like when when a new Batman film comes out, people talk about it like, oh, what the Batmobile is going to be like? And I go, I don't care absolutely don't care it's always going to look terrible now because they did it in the 60s and they got a cool one and so every film since they go let's design a new cool car and in all of them you see it and go rubbish like it's just like you know the michael keaton one is kind of fine but you've already you've already done one where you've you've nailed it you've got a real kind of open top apparently it's um i don't know about cars but if you do it was based on a 1955 Lincoln Futura. I don't know what that looks like. But it was a 50s car, which I guess is the kind of interesting thing. So even in the 60s, that design was kind of slightly out of date. Yeah. But I think there was something quite cool about it even then mm. that was quite retro. Um, and that they were using this kind of, and at the time, I think they were trying to use a Cadillac and go, can we just turn it into something? So rather than have an existing car. They decided quite early on. Well, let's just find something and customize it yeah. into this thing. So you know, you've got these panel beaters that add bits to this uh, this car. Again, it's black with a red stripe around it, like the uh, like the A team. It's quite a pinky uh, red. It's
1: quite
0: yeah, a pinky yeah, it red. Is. It's
1: not it's not as uh, punchy as the A team colors. Yes,
0: and, and nice. I guess with a show as colourful as that uh 60s batman show that they would have to like probably at the time they're a bit like ah, black cars not really not really a great thing here well let's have a red stripe going around it Mm. with all the kind of tails on it and the huge kind of headlights um it's great and it's actually kind of more what those before that time i actually often like those the batmobile in the comics uh, especially in that kind of you get those 40s ones where it is like a real boxy car with like a a, almost like a batman head on the front and things i much prefer that kind of stuff i've forgotten about that, that you know it has a bat head on the front yeah that's funny i just i mean that that stuff i much prefer and like even now when it's like like i think it was i think the last couple of films it's almost like it becomes more and more like a tank. It's like an armoured car. It's like, car. yeah, this is what it is now. Yeah, It's, it's an like armoured car, but it's yeah. like
1: one of those toys that if it falls upside down, it can still drive. Yeah. that's not, Yeah, People are really into it, man. But like you can get mm. like a Lego Lego sort of collector's series version of, was it the Tumblr, the one? And it's like, you know, 5,000 Lego pieces. It's like, that looks rubbish. Who wants that one? People mm. do. People want it. want it. They want it. They want a Batmobile that looks like a stealth bomber. With big fat wheels,
0: and I guess it is like it's another sort of franchise where the car is implied. I guess James Bond has that too, I guess. Uh, where he's got a car in all of them, yeah. I don't know if it's the same car or new ones, he gets new know, ones. Yeah, I know one they go underwater. I'd be up. That's the one that I always think there's a Lotus yeah. one in there where he can drive underwater. Do that's
1: they have fun. any where a car is inside a car?
0: I don't I'm, think so. I'm out. Silly idea um so yeah, if, I've, if proper James Bond
1: the one thing I like about the 19 what is it 89 Batman Bill. Batman yeah. the one thing that, there was there was a video game of it I don't know if you ever played it and it was back in the days when like film video games would be like each level would be like completely different thing from the film so I think the first level was like you're running along as Batman and hitting people fine yes. second level you're driving forwards in the car around yeah. the streets of Gotham and the only way you can turn the corner as i remember it is yeah. by like lassoing um street lamps and that would pull you round a corner like a 90 degree turn
0: really fast
1: that's exactly that was it. the entire premise of that level and it was hard as hell
0: we had that we had that uh that game came free with like a special edition of the commodore amiga that we all got for one christmas and that was it. There's a there's like one shot in the film where he turns a corner that way by shooting out, yeah, this sort yeah, of Yeah, but there's the no indication that's the
1: only way it can steer, which yeah, is what happened yeah. in the game.
0: <laughs> exactly. The, the <laughs> in the film he does that as a sort of fast turn. Yeah. But the game took that premise and went, Oh right, yeah, he can't steer that there's no steering wheel. It's
1: probably can only it's turn probably corners. true because that shot was probably in the trailer, and most yeah. video games things based on most licensed things based on films have just seen the trailer. That's all they've got yeah. to go on. So they're like, I guess, uh, I guess he does that for every, every corner. So we'll do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, one of the other uh, uh, levels on that game was you were just picking various uh, items from a supermarket <laughs> and two of, two of which together would be the Joker poison. But it was a bit like uh, when you have to do that game where you have to blind guess where the corresponding card is. Is it that one? Pairs. Yeah, you have to like play pairs with it. And essentially that that as a game, as a round in a Batman game.
1: The programmers were blatantly like, we need three more different levels. they're like, we've only got two days, Dave. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Uh, I've got like a pairs program written. So we could use that for like picking ingredients for poison. Brilliant. 80s video game development. I, the, my favorite thing about the the 66 Batmobile is that the way it was cut, like when they get in it and it was like, you know, a shot of them jumping in the top and then it would be the rear shot of the flames coming out of the exhaust yes. pipe. Yeah. And then it would cut to like the front zooming off and then the cave bit opening up. And that, that, that was all cut like bam, 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 you know, in an era of some relatively slow, <laughs> slow action. Yes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, the cutting on it was so good really nice like yeah
0: well similarly that was one of the things that used to be how they made up the time in thunderbirds wasn't it that's why they could get it to an hour because they had this stock footage of them all getting into their vehicles (laughs) without without standing up so they'd always have to find a way where these puppets could be like oh there's a slide in the floor or something where they slide off their chair yeah and you just think god they're lazy aren't they the thunderbirds they've just got to, like they don't want to move they just have to sort of slowly slide into things rather than um just stand up and walk to where they want to go
1: yeah they're like wallace and gromit before their yeah, time
0: exactly exactly
1: no i definitely had the 66 batmobile in my honorable mentions it was it's well up there i think i'm not even a big batman fan like i obviously watched the 60s show a lot as a kid but like it's just cool it's just cool looking if you saw Those. if you saw one of them in the street you'd be like
0: wow yeah I think I'd be really excited in a way that I wouldn't be excited to see more famous sort of movie cars and things right and I might get onto that a bit later in the honorable mentions but that was designed by a guy or or the he had a company a guy called George Barris and his mm-hmm. job was customizing cars for Hollywood and he didn't work on the the Batman, 1966 Batmobile, but his company did. Mm-hmm. But he did do the uh, the drag hula from the monsters. So he was sort of responsible for all those kind of TV yeah. and movie cars, which is
1: great because they all in turn went on to become like diecast toy cars and this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, imagine the influence that guy's had on like mm. Christmas mornings. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, my number two is again a generic one, right? It's any kind of flying ship. Now I don't mean like an airship, like a like a dirigible. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mean a zeppelin. I mean a, f- a, a a wooden galleon. Okay, that can fly, right? You might think like uh, video games like Skies of Arcadia, Super Mario World has them regularly and flying through the clouds, wooden ship sails and either magic or engines or whatever to make it fly propellers is good um or possibly you'd think teddy Ruxbin, you know
0: yes teddy Ruxbin.
1: that didn't have sails but it had a big bag of air but then underneath was a wooden ship and i i was thinking thinking and thinking about this i was thinking what vehicle would i most like if i was going on an adventure what vehicle do i want like ideally and it's a flying wooden ship that's what I want. That's like, that's the that's the traveling lifestyle that I want in the fictional vehicle. Like you could have a really nice cabin. You wouldn't get seasick because you know, like you might get a bit of wind turbulence, but we know what that's like. It's okay, isn't it? Mm. You know? It's not like trying to sleep in a boat when you're going
0: up and down the waves. You could probably quite easily get a bit of air on as well if you want to. Yep. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's exactly. Well, it's the opposite way of uh, uh, traveling than the submarine. Yes, so it's, it's the of...
1: opposite of a submarine. I just really like it. I, um, it's one of those things like in a, it's more in video. Really big in Japan, like that you'll get in a lot of mm. video games and, and and manga and stuff. They'll be like, yeah, flying ships, mm. and and it's just like to stand on the deck. Obviously, we know that probably be quite hard because of pressure and stuff, but. You could fly quite low. Teddy Ruxpin flew quite low, as I remember it. Sure. But um, you know, you could fly quite low, and it, so it'd be a lot like being in a hot air balloon. But it'd be a big ship, and you could have like, you know, a proper toilet and you know,
0: sleeping mm. quarters. And, and I imagine you could even have like chefs preparing meals. Absolutely. and Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, quite civilized.
1: And a big wheel for steering it. You know, I just it's probably yeah. That's basically it. If I'm going on an adventure, so I'm thinking bigger. So like I thought about a lot of spaceships, but bigger spaceships apart from in Star Wars, I'm not into them like a like a USS Enterprise or something. I'm not attracted to the big spaceships Um, like the Axiom in Wally. That's a big spaceship, right? It's like a whole not into big spaceships. I'd rather have a flying boat. Mm -hmm. That's my choice. If we ever for some reason, if you like you have this one wish, but it's got to be specifically for Ozzy to have a fictional vehicle to go on an adventure specifically, Mm -hmm. get me a flying ship. Okay,
0: I can see that. I like it. Yeah, it does feel like it's an aesthetic that feels quite kind of Japanese somehow. It's not quite that in like Nausicaa, but like it's got a similar kind of world world in that kind of. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think think it's quite
1: slow. I think it's not a fast way of getting about. Sure. I'm keen. I'd go, I'm not into cruises. You know, I wouldn't go on a cruise, really, a cruise ship, but I might go on one if it was flying. Yeah. You know, a flying cruise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. I don't want to go on on one
1: with Teddy Ruxpin,
0: just for the record. That guy's annoying. You can tell your stories. Do you ever have a Teddy Ruxpin? No, my cousin had one and it's cool yeah. cuz you could put other tapes in and make it sing along too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be the that'd be the appeal of it. Put some Never in had the one, there. but I was I was kind of well, you know, I was kind of into the idea, kind of like the, uh, the idea of it. But, but copy, all was like this. Yeah. Um we had one like that that was a uh, um it was like a cheap sort of thing that you we got from um uh, Tandy mm-hmm. that was like a robot that just opened its mouth up and down, and it was also, you know, it could pick up radio signals. Mm-hmm. But it was immediately disappointing because we go, "Oh, let's put let's uh, put the radio on and have him sing along." It would just go. But of course, uh... if it was any kind of if it was any instrumental bit, he would still just open his mouth. Yeah. like an idiot. like An idiot. It wasn't like he was singing along at all. So immediately disappointing. As soon as you turn it on, you go, oh, "That's disappointing."
1: You're better for one of those uh, dancing flowers. Do you remember them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, much better off, better off. What's your number one? My number one is the Moon Rocket from Destination Moon and Explorers on the Moon. The Tintin books, the red and white uh, checked Moon Rocket. Um, It's one of those things that's such a pleasing thing to see. And again, it's one of those things that where like, I always like to see it. I always like it when people reference it, you know, yeah, it's moon rocket. And weirdly it's sort of one of the most, or perhaps the most iconic thing in all of those Tintin books, mm-hmm. despite the fact it's really kind of atypical to things that happen in Tintin books yeah. and, and it came about, um, because, you know, there was at the time for a while asia has like an assistant edgar p jacobs who ended up doing the blake and mortimer books and in the Tintin magazine in belgium he he did uh he started doing like had sci-fi elements in his blake and mortimer stories and they were really popular and there was a lot of pressure of people going oh you're going to put some bits of sci-fi in the um in the Tintin books and he was always like No, it's not really a sci-fi thing, but he was kind of, he always felt like he was missing out because all the Tintin books are always based on sort of facts, you know, he would travel and there would always be like really heavily referenced. So if Tintin was anywhere, it would be really heavily referenced to that's where he is. It's it's a really specific place that he's traveling in. And the idea of doing a sort of sci-fi version in the kind of, I think it was like 1950, 1952, those books, that it was... It was just like he he sort of saw it as being a bit of a cheat like he can't really do sci-fi stuff and the way he sort of compromised was that he was like right well then i'm gonna find out how space travel will work so then it was all going to like nasa and finding out exactly how rockets would work so instead he treats it like well it's not really science fiction because what i'm doing is like what what current thinking is and what how we can kind of really specifically get on to work out how space travel will work and does this thing which and you know in the intervening kind of 17 years or whatever in between the books it is kind of not a lot changes so it is a lot kind of about kind of rocket propulsion and things and the idea was always that it's meant to be like an unmanned rocket that they accidentally uh end up being inside and it is manned and it also of course has the ability to go back which is the other thing that um wasn't yeah wasn't didn't have at the time and um uh and this is kind of how he got around it but it is it sort of becomes these very iconic, and certainly as a kid they're the most attractive tintin books because they're like space ones yeah um and they, they and when they get there they're still quite kind of funny comic adventures but like it is there is something about it which also growing up in an era when you know in the time we've been alive you can go to the moon but it's kind of uh um, no
1: no one's been to the moon in the time in the time we've been to
0: been alive no no but it's we're capable we know that oh, yeah. growing up it how. isn't a thing where like yeah it <laughs> isn't a thing where if you're growing up in the 50s and 60s as a kid yeah. There's a point where we can't go to the moon and then there is a point when you can yeah. whereas we always grew up in an era where we knew we were capable of that so i didn't even know you know and, and reading that as a kid it's funny to read it that to us that isn't science fiction
1: yeah yeah, yeah. but it
0: was like it was yeah. you know it's, it's written as a piece of science fiction and it's really the only bit of science fiction that's in any of the Tintin books you know they're kind of adventure strips and very much based on reality mm. which is kind of what what their strength is um, um, and then, you know, and he became so associated, they were kind of like some of the most popular Tintin books and E.J. was so kind of sort of synonymous with those moon landings that you can actually get it, you can get, I don't know if it's still available, you can get a good sort of deluxe version of those books where you also have a lot of those kind of design things, a lot of the work he did with NASA. And also when, um, he did like an official kind of newspaper strip of the moon landings when they happened, because he was so kind of synonymous with. Um, and he also drew this really nice um, uh, picture, which I don't think it was baiting anyone, but it's quite an amusing thing that you you will see kind of recreated, which is a sort of uh, a cartoon of um, Neil Armstrong putting the American flag in the moon. And while he's there, Tintin and Captain Haddock are already there waving at him. And it's quite a nice like idea that they've been there first. But yeah, I really love that that Tintin moon rocket, I think is such a, I think even if you're not really into Tintin, I think when I think of like, like that objects and vehicles and specifically rockets, I think of that's that's all my.
1: I have a Mario Kart as my number one because it's the thing I've spent most time.